Hello and welcome to the Operation GamePod podcast. My name is Tomox and firstly thank you for clicking and listening to this podcast. This is the first ever episode and I'm super excited to share this with you. For our first episode we've interviewed a fantastic streamer and a good personal friend of mine, Moza Plays. We had a blast recording this episode and I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed talking about the games within it. So sit back, relax and enjoy the first episode of Operation GamePod. Thank you. So welcome everybody to the first ever episode of the Operation Game Pod podcast. Now I feel that an intro will be the perfect time to explain what this podcast is all about. So each week we put a range of video games into a time capsule or pod and bury it underground because in the future there will be the ultimate gaming console that will be able to play any video game from any console ever. Sounds perfect to me. Being the kind forward-thinking folk that we are, we want to put some video game surprises in our pod for gamers of the future to pick up and play on their ultimate console. To choose these games, we ask a guest to pick a game from four different categories that they'll have to come and think, uh, come into and think about very carefully. They'll also pick up one game from a random category we'll give them towards the end of our podcast. Phew, that was a lot of information there, so admin bits and pieces are all out of the way. Now it's time to work. welcome the first guest for our first ever episode. So our inaugural guest won't be a stranger to those who enjoy some quality streaming content. He is often to be found on the terraces at a Scottish non-league football ground on most Saturday afternoons. That might be a slight clue to who he is. Uh, also, as the co-host of Scottish Lowland Football League catch-up podcast, Lowland League catch-up, link's going to be in the description somewhere I'm sure. He's as passionate about football as he is about his NFL team, the Baltimore Ravens. A proud member of the FM based stream team, uh, he also he is also BSC Glasgow's esports partner, and finally has the smoothest voice voice north of the border, and has also been suggested to make audiobooks, which is mainly by me. Um, so, to many, our guest is known as Derek, but to the majority, he is known as Moza. So, Moza, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for uh, joining me after weeks of badgering on this first ever podcast <laughs> that we've been doing together. We got there in the end. We got there in the end. It's great to have you. So, um, gaming, Mozo, is gaming being a big part of your life? Oh, yeah, huge part, huge part. I mean, even kind of going back to when I got my first console, which was the Sega Mega Drive, way back then. That is way um, back then, isn't it? Yeah, ever since then, it's it's been a very kind of big hobby alongside the football and whatever else has taken my fancy at any given time, but it's one of the few constants that's always been there up till the present day. Yep, things like a social thing for you as well with friends? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I guess pretty much everyone that is into gaming in this kind of time scale has played online and had the headsets and speaking down the line to their friends and that kind of thing. Yep. Especially now with the streaming as well, it takes on a, a life of its own, um, the kind of community aspect of it. So it's a great, well, the two of us met each other through it as well. So that is true. That is true. Our friendship is based around a game and uh, and things like that, which is which is fantastic. Um, so, 
What about um, the consoles you've owned? Some of the highlights over your your console console career. It's not career. Console career. Yeah. <laughs> I might, might uh, trademark that phrase. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Sega Mega Drive was a good solid start. Mm. Uh, I loved loved the Mega Drive. Um, from there, I had a PlayStation One and a PS Two, and then I moved to Xbox because oh. we had an Xbox One as well. I'm just trying to remember that was the right one. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, through it all, even when I had a PS2, I've always had some sort of PC. Uh, so I've, I've kind of gravitated to the PC more often than not. But I think that's just because even when I was kind of younger and growing up, I've always been more a fan of strategy games. Um, mm-hmm. I've not really been a, a first-person shooter or... Um, the kind of open world exploration type games are much yes. more of a strategic mind and that's kind of more geared towards PC gaming a lot of the time Excellent, fantastic, so how often do you, do you, find, you find yourself gaming a week or may I phrase it for gentlemen of our age who are in uh, marriages how often are you allowed to game a week? <laughs> <laughs> the agreement that I have signed with my wife states um, I'll find myself quite quite often just grabbing an hour or two in an evening um, I'm quite fortunate in that my wife's a bit of an early to bed person and mm. I'm a bit of a night owl so it works out quite well for us that like a couple of nights a week I'll kind of just jump on and get my, my fix and that keeps yeah. us quite happy um, she'll sit and watch our murder programmes because that's her thing but yeah, um, yeah probably about what, 10 hours is a kind of conservative estimate um, but uh, I've also got the streaming as well so yep. you're talking another kind of seven odd hours a week streaming, seven, eight hours. That's classed as work though, isn't it? Let's be honest. Let's yeah, be honest. yeah, well, streams, it is work. <laughs> I justify it as part of my part-time job, so... Yes, that's it. It's my side hustle. It's all good. Side hustle. That's what they call it these days, isn't it, all the young kids? Um, so, fantastic. So, kind of what, what outside of Football Manager, which we will come on to a lot more later on, which is obviously we know through our streaming content together... Uh, what games are you playing kind of outside that? What are your, your favourites of the moment? So I'm still very much on the strategy um, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, more than anything, it's Crusader Kings 2. Oh, that right, I'm playing yeah. just now, which is quite an old game at this point. It's been mm-hmm. around for a good... I think it's about a decade now, but okay. it is just... If anyone likes those kind of games and going way back to the old Age of Empires and these kind of things... I'd thoroughly recommend it, especially if you're into your history as well. Oh, because fantastic. I'll have a look at that one. It's um, like when you've got your start dates, it's based very much in history. So you can you can be William the Conqueror, you can be Duncan of Scotland, King I'm of sorry. Scotland. You can. I'm sure there's go- some, some famous Scottish names you're taking on. Yeah, um, although I find that I, f- I kind of have more fun when I go somewhere that I've not got a clue on. Oh, okay. So the, the game I'm doing just now is the old Slavic Union. Um, Novgorod and all that kind of thing yes. so I do not have a clue about any of the history and I'm just making my own which is great but Genghis Khan's on the doorstep which <laughs> is not so good no um, not always good but yeah other than Crusader Kings you'll find me dabbling in Rimworld much like oh, yourself I uh, love a bit of Rimworld I like a bit of Frostpunk as well mm-hmm. anything that gives you a, a challenge that isn't insurmountable but it is going to make you think Perfect. is my kind of game sounds great Fantastic. Right, okay. With the intros done, we're going to move on to the meat of our podcast, the main course, if you like. So, because it's the first one, I'll, I'll, granted, I'll probably do this each time, but we're going to go through 
the four different main categories are going to go through everyone, which I've given to you already, Mozza, as well, mm-hmm. you know, and you've taken many hours over choosing these, I'm sure. Poured over it. Poor, yeah, good lad. Excellent. Well trained. <laughs> so, we've got the four categories, and Mozza's going to be choosing games from each of these categories. So, the first one is his first gaming love. The second one in his, sorry, the second one is his favourite video game character. The next one is his best ever multiplayer game he's played. And the last one is his all-time favourite game. So these are the ones, these are the staples of our podcast that everyone's going to get asked. And there are some little bits and pieces to spice it up. Right there, Mozza, let's get down to business. I asked you to pick the four games, as we've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And are you ready to go? Yeah, let's go for it. Right, let's dive in. So your first up then, your first gaming love. Was Grand Theft Auto Vice City. A game, brilliant game. What a um, game! This question will mean different things, I think, to different people. But the way I interpreted it was, what was the first game that basically you, you played? You couldn't put down. It was that was the only thing that you wanted to play. And even now, I've still got it installed on my current PC. Yes, um, albeit with a lot of mods to bring it up to a bit more modern standards and graphics yes. and so on. But it was just a fantastic game, and. You'll notice a common theme with a couple of these questions, but it was a game I could also enjoy with uh, my dad as well. Oh, wow. Because oh, um, he loved it just for obviously the, the era it's set in and the soundtrack. Mm. And just as a game of its time, it was miles ahead of anything else that I, think, I, I could play. I think the, the Grand Theft Auto games always have been, they've always been the trailblazers for that kind of. Um, the eras they're, they're put in to start with I mean you know it, it harks back that one's obviously set in in the mid 80s and mm-hmm. the soundtrack reflects that and the, the style of it reflects that as well um, but as I said you know the, the game's trailblazing for that style of game that genre of game they push that forward and every time a new one comes out with the you know even even GTA 3 before that that was the first of its kind and I remember picking it up on the PS2 I yep. think mm-hmm. and just going what this is amazing it was fantastic, and, and and GTA Vice City just took that and went some. So, what what kind of things was it? Was it the storyline? Was it just the you know the, the mechanics of the game, the, the the type, the feel of the game, the immersiveness? What really hooked you? It was everything, all of the above, because you had the soundtrack, you had a fantastic story behind it as well. Um, the whole Tommy Vercetti and Lance Van storyline was just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and just the little side missions, you could do anything you wanted in it. So if you didn't feel like doing a story mission next, you could go and do your, your side missions, but a bit more humour in them. Yeah. You you could essentially start running a business empire as well within the game, which was completely new as well um, for me. So like you could do little missions to take over businesses, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, just the overall, the whole thing was just fantastic. Excellent. I mean, from my memories of playing it, which is which is much the same as you, it's one of the games that and San Andreas, which was the subsequent yeah. GTA title. Um, they, the open worldness just blew me away. 
<laughs> um, growing up playing games on PC and N64 was my main one, and then a PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Playing games where uh, it was very prescribed where you were going, okay, we need to go down this corridor, go down this street, we turn this way, oh, that way's blocked off, that way's blocked off. But this was the first, for me, the first true open world game where you could go absolutely anywhere and do so many different things. And I did read something a long time ago about the GTA games, which is fantastic, which is, you know, around every corner, every block, every house, there's something going on. It's never just, you know, there's a building with nothing. Even if it's just, you know, a building you can't go into, but there's, you know, a a fire escape to walk up and and go around, or someone doing a drug deal around the back or something crazy like that, and there's always something going on with the GTA games, which I think just makes them so special. Oh, they're they're just full of life, aren't they? And that's... um, the other good thing about Vice City was, with a lot of the GTA games in the cities are based on, they bring a lot of issues to the forefront as well. Mm, they're not scared definitely. to take on the, the more challenging aspects of certain yep. cities, shall we say. And uh, I think it did a really good job of that as well. Yes, when you say challenging aspects, I'm thinking of the island at the top of the map that uh, made adult films, if we're going to put it that PC way. might be one of them. And <laughs> as a young man playing it, I might have found that quite funny. <laughs> yes, I th- well, as we're very similar ages, I imagine we had similar uh, humorous reactions to it. Okay, so fantastic. So that's that's Moz's first game in love, a bit of GTA Vice City. What a fantastic choice. Now we're going to move on to Moz's favourite video game character. And I said uh, about enjoying games with my dad, Duke Nukem was my pick for this one. And it was because it was a game I used to play with my dad. Oh, fantastic. Um, He was a massive fan of Duke Nukem, just for the humour. He absolutely loved the humour in it. And it was probably a game that, at the time, my age, a guy my age probably wasn't allowed to watch or play on his own. But if if you're sitting there with your, your old man, it's acceptable. So there's him trying to be the cool dad, and I'm getting to see him going around shooting up kind of aliens and just the little, little bits of humour in Duke Nukem for anyone who doesn't know like you'd randomly find yourself in a lap dancing bar for whatever reason and he's still shooting up aliens but there's also a, a girl up and he's <laughs> you could go up give her money and say things like oh um, show me the money honey and all this kind of stuff <laughs> Um, you go to the toilet and one of the, the bits of humour in it was you'd open a cubicle and there's an alien taking a dump nice. basically but there was always a little quick quip after a wee quick catchphrase sort of like a, a Bond catchphrase kind of thing yeah but a lot more cheesy yes. so <laughs> this this guy the protagonist wasn't ashamed of using horrendously cheesy jokes and I absolutely loved it excellent so which which one did you kind of first get hooked on because there are many many uh, iterations in the Duke Nukem series yeah the original or Duke Nukem 2 or I think it was Duke Nukem 2 um, I don't think he actually owned the original or I didn't see the original so mm. if I remember rightly it was uh, the follow up to it that um, I started paying attention basically and I actually ended up buying the most recent one 3D when it came out um, and it didn't get too kind of too good reviews but it was purely nostalgia on my side that I loved it well that's the thing I think games that you pick up and you have it's like a, almost like a sense memory you'll have different bits and pieces that come hand in hand with the game yeah and they'll mean different things from different times there's games that i still play now and pick up and people go why are you playing that it's awful you know it reminds you of a time a certain set of friends family something going on in life it's 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 great yeah fantastic. absolutely fantastic i mean looking through uh you know it's it's back catalogue there are someone there are some 
there are many titles in it, and it's. I mean, Duke Nukem 3D is pretty much on every console. Uh, given did it do release on N64? Amazing stuff. <laughs> and, and, and looking through the kind of the spin-offs, you know, there's there's Duke Nukem Land of the Babes, Duke Nukem Mobile Two, Bikini Project. You know, you, you can tell it's it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of work. Yeah, with it. it's a certain type of humour, and as long as you embrace that. You'll have a great time playing it. Um, think along the lines of the Leisure Suit Larry kind of ah, games, yes. but a little bit more that you actually have to go and... Th- there is a shooter game behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually got to do some work rather than yeah. just sit and do nothing. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Now, we've done your first two games, and now we're going to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to call to start with the killer question. T- name may change later on. So, if you could only pick one console stroke platform... And all the games within it, what would you go with and why? So when I say this, I don't mean just Nintendo or PlayStation or whatever. Literally down to the very console itself and games right, okay. associated with it. I need you to tell me, off the top of your head, because I haven't told you about this beforehand, <laughs> what you would pick and why. Is PC an acceptable answer? PC, I will accept PC, that is fine. It would have to be a PC. Okay, give me, give me a reason why. Purely because that would allow me to continue the streaming side of things, <laughs> and I think, to but in complete seriousness, I think now that I've got to a stage where I'm quite regular and I've got a schedule on mm. Twitch, it's something I'm not willing to give up because I enjoy it too much, and yes. I've met great people through doing it as well. Yes, um, and it, it sounds quite cheesy to kind of speak about it like, like this because it makes it sound like I've done it for years and years. I've only been on there just over a year. And I'm still learning every time I do it, but oh, yeah. it's it, I've got to the point now, and we'll get into the game itself that I tend to stream Football Manager, but I only really play that on stream now, so that's my that's my time to play it, and that's why I enjoy it a bit more because mm-hmm. I now associate the game with interaction and having a good time with people yep. that come along all the time. So it's yeah, it would have to be PC purely for that reason. Perfect. I mean, it, it, the, the the beauty of picking PC. Is I mean, so many games now that used to be just console based are now being ported over to PC. Yeah, and yeah. you can do things like emulators as well and stuff. So there's lots of che- uh, different options. But what a fantastic choice! I think I would probably go with the same. But then again, different different people have different loves and different opinions, which is what's fantastic about it. Okay, right on to our third category for you, then, Mazza. So the best multiplayer game you've ever played. Best multiplayer game for you. I kind of went for the cop-out answer here. (laughs) So, I went for Mario Kart. Again, it's a memory, son. Um, When I went to university, so I left home at 17... Mm-hmm. Um, didn't finish the uni right enough um, which was probably as a result of the alcohol but um, the, the easiest way to meet people at that point where when you first went up and you just moved up into these halls someone would have an old Nintendo console 64 yeah. and you'd be in there playing Mario Kart against people and that was a great way just to get going and bond you know it's there's very few groups of people that you you wouldn't be able to play Mario Kart with. It's yep. a game that it, almost anyone can play and understand, and yep. that's the beauty of it, I think. Yeah. Um, the other one was Snowboard Kids, that I very nearly said, oh. but that's a bit more niche. 
Yes, that was N64 as well, wasn't it? It was. It was. Absolutely loved Snowboard Kids. Very, very similar idea. Um, apart from the fact that you're a kid on a snowboard. Yes. So, yes. yeah, um, that that was why. Again, it was the kind of memories and the, the community aspect side of it. Yeah, I mean, America, obviously, America Kart's been through so many iterations. It's probably um, one of Nintendo's leading titles, I imagine, if not the yeah. leading title of... Um, of, of you know you know big multiplayer game and it is you know you could say one of the ultimate multiplayer games I mean you can pick it up and it's a pick up and play game there's nothing there's no learning about it when you look at the big multiplayer games now like the big shooters your Fortnite's your your PUBG's your things like that you can't just pick that up up and play and be successful you know mm-hmm. Mario Kart is a pick up and play game with your friends locally and that was that was the beauty of it I mean split screen on a on one telly on a a sixteen inch CRT. That, those were the days of proper gaming, I think. Those were the days. Even going back to the old GoldenEye games and so on. Yeah. The old split screen was the way to go. Oh, <laughs> slappers only on GoldenEye. That's, that's sort of the myth <laughs> in the boys. But no, what a great answer. And that was on N64 at uni, was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was either Mario Kart or Snowboard Kids. And generally the loser had to buy the first round in a pub. So that's the way we used to do it. Excellent. I, mean, I do remember us playing a bit of Mario Kart when we were at Insomnia not too long ago. We did indeed. Which was, uh, good memories from that. Fantastic. So, favourite multiplayer game from Mosri's Mario Kart. And now we go to the biggie. This is, I think, one of the toughest questions I think I'm going to ask a guest on this podcast. But it is your all time favourite game. From all your years and key knowledge of gaming over your years, Mozza, your all time favourite game. Ironically, it's my easiest question I've had to Because <laughs> uh, it's Football Manager. Or Championship Manager and its old guys um, before the the switch over. So it, it's a game that I've played ever since well, the very early days of me playing computer games. Champ Manager three and Champ Manager O one O two were the first proper ones I got into. Um, like in, in terms of having like long term saves that I just wasn't saves coming as the phrase goes, quitting and reloading when you get. A result against you, but um, yeah, those were the <laughs> the ones that got me going. And ever since then, I've bought pretty much every single iteration of the game. Um, luckily, recently, now that I'm part of the research team, so this is the other thing. It's a game that's led on to things for me. Um, I'm part of the Scottish research mm-hmm. team for the Lowland League um, that I follow and do the podcast on. Um, I now get a copy of the game free every year, which is obviously a, a great perk for hey, the, uh, the work that the researchers do. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's got me involved in that side of things and meeting people on the research side. And it's also opened a whole different world up to me in working with a club, BSE Glasgow. Because through yes. that, I've found a, another community entirely that I've now jumped into where... It's all kind of social media and creative types that are linked to football rather than to gaming. And it's a great cross-section I've got mm-hmm. now that I've got a great group of people I know through computer gaming and the football manager side of things there. But I've now also got another group that I know through actual football. And it's really nice when the world's combined. You know, it's... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah definitely. It's, it's helping... I think it, I'm helping on... One side, I've got guys asking me questions about Twitch and about how to modernise output on like football social media accounts, which I'm always happy to do. And on the other side, I've got people on the gaming side asking how to ingratiate themselves with football clubs. So there's a, a lovely bit of crossover going on. Fantastic. I mean, it's, it is 
from the people that we know, and I'm sure the people listening to this podcast, <laughs> hopefully listen to this podcast, the 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 crossover between having a social media and a, a streaming kind of uh, way of way of life, you know, uh, style of style of, um, of of things with with the gaming and, and stuff, it does crossover really really well with the football club. I think if you if you find the right club. And you know, I know yourself's yep. done it. I know JC's done it. Someone else we know very, very well. Um, you can, you can, you know, it's it's so mutually beneficial, and it opens up so many avenues. And if all that's just come from just playing a computer game and being passionate about a computer game, I mean, that's, that's a fantastic yeah, avenue absolutely, to walk. Absolutely. Down. And the thing is, if anyone listening to this is wanting to link up with a club, say if it's FIFA or Football Manager or any of these games, it, if you find a club that you think matches you, don't be afraid to ask them. Don't they'll more li- likely listen and exactly. be open to it, but ultimately you're offering them a free service, and that's the way to pitch it because you're potentially getting them exposure to a market they might not touch. So as long as you pitch it and you're willing to put the effort in, you've got every chance. Yeah, it's free advertising in the, the day for them, um, and anything else that comes with it. I mean, you know, if if you you got a good following, you do a meetup at the game, you might you know sell twenty tickets for a game that they might not. You know, people might not turn up. For yeah, it. It's yeah. little bits and pieces like that. That uh, uh, you know, and it's 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 a very interesting and it's it's quite I feel a new thing that yourself and 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 me to an extent and others are doing, and then and then branching out very very slowly and 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 it, adapting and and pushing forward the 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 craft we do, the, you know, the bits and pieces we do, and it's uh, the avenues that it opens up are are huge. And we've spoken about before the mm-hmm. podcast tonight about different bits and pieces. But there's so many different yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's the way of the world just now that everything is becoming more uh, digital and more accessible online. And football, to a point, has been a wee bit behind the times. I think um, with the social media world and getting up to speed with online competitions, uh, you've seen how big the FIFA World Cup gets now. It's insane the amount of people that watch it and the prize money and offer. You've only in the last couple of years seen the big clubs start to recruit people. So you've got an Arsenal eSports, you've got a Celtic eSports, so on and so forth. It took them a long, long time to jump onto the, the bandwagon, though. Um, so they've lagged behind other sports in that regard. I think there was, for a long time, the stigma of, oh, it's just yeah. uh, you know spotty teenagers playing video games. And where it's, you know, when you've got people streaming on Twitch, playing FIFA, and they're getting 50,000 mm-hmm. followers at a game, and, you know, and if they're partnering with, you know, an Arsenal or a Celtic... That's maybe fifty thousand people that they wouldn't necessarily get through the gate because, I mean, when you when I when I watch a stream, I don't watch them because they're they're managing a club that I support or I follow. I watch them for that streamer's personality, and it's a whole different way of looking at it, which is and it is it's very very kind of lucrative for both clubs and and individual people, and it's, it's lovely yeah, as a crossover. And even in the smaller examples, if you look at me, um, I've got what. Well, about 650 odd followers on Twitch just now but from that Mm -hmm. kind of group of people that community my club recently uh, BSC recently did a player sponsorship raffle that I know that you and others have invested in a £5 a head the club has made a decent bank of money from that community would never have known about the club in the past it would never have got involved but it's not only the fact that they've got a few five pounds in the bucket it's more the fact that people are showing an interest in that level of football and that football club and that's priceless absolutely priceless yeah I want to you know when I'm 
you know when, when I come up up your way in a, in a few weeks' time, um, we're hopefully going to book in a game to go and see BSC Glasgow, which which wouldn't have been a thing, you know, mm-hmm. if you hadn't got the links through Football Manager, and you know, it's it's just the way the way the ball rolls with that, and all that just from one little old football That's manager. That's it. It's one, one amazing, video game. amazing the um, the impact that these little things can have. Right. So, Football Manager, then tell me about. Uh, some of your top saves you've done over your So the time. best one I did was in 2007's version of the game. So this has gone back a little bit. Okay. Twelve. The 12, best 12, ever save I ago. had. And the reason it was the best ever save I had is I started unemployed. Um, I went yep. to Elgin City to get started in the uh, now known as League 2 of Scotland. At the time I think it was still Division 3. Yes. Um, from there... Fast forward 20 years, I am managing Arsenal, having won every single tournament possible. So, the old started from Excellent. the bottom, now we're here, <laughs> type thing, but that's the way I am. Um, the old rags to riches that's a, journeyman That's, a, that's the way save. I always play the game, though. Um, Fantastic. Because like, I went Elgin, I went through France, I ended up at Toulouse, uh, I went to Napoli at one point, uh, I was at Lille Metropole, so it was a proper European journey uh, that I went on. Elites at one point were thrown in there as well. So, yeah, that it's amazing the the kind of the depth that you can get to. But in terms of more recent Mm -hmm. games, had a really good save with uh, Rapid Bucharesti from Romania in last year's game, and people really enjoyed it because I I like to pick a club that's got a bit of story behind it, a bit of almost like the story writes itself. So they were a club that's quite a big club that yes. mismanaged, went bust, reformed, but the fans reformed them, not a businessman. And it's a proper fan club that, in real life, they're going great guns now. Ah. Um, they're kind of following our route because we got successive promotions all the way back to the top league in the save. That's exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. in real life as well. And uh, I've ended up keeping an eye on them because of because the save. I've got their scarf and I've got just little bits and bobs. I've also got the MTK Budapest scarf now as well because I did them this year. So yeah, it's, it, it gives you an affinity to yeah. clubs that you'd never have had any kind of it, like idea of wh- where they were or what they were about previously. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's something I was I was just about to mention. Is you, one of the beautiful things for me about football manager playing it for roughly the same amount of time as you um, over the years um, is it gives you little affi- you know affiliations with. With different clubs that you would you wouldn't maybe wouldn't even realise existed beforehand. I mean, for me, um, this year I did a journeyman save um, which I, which I streamed yeah. and, and I was at Balamena in Northern Ireland and we went great guns and then we won them the first their first league title. We got them into Europe. We did the I think we did the double with the cup in there as well. And I would have never it would never give me you know, never mm. given them two mm. thoughts beforehand. And also, I quite like following Milan now in, in in Italy because I've done a save there before, and that was the first time I think I've ever done an unbeaten season at a club was at Milan in in Serie A, and it's it's, it's I think that's one of the magical parts of Football Manager. You can just you know hit random and go okay, we'll go there, and you look at the club and go actually no, there's quite a lot of fun history about this, and it's a fun yeah. thing to do. It's a fun save, and I think the power of the game as well in terms of watching on YouTube or on Twitch is you associate certain people with certain clubs as well. Um, so, well, I've mentioned JC already. Yes. I would never have had any idea who Michael Over were before he came along. 
No, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to go and see them. But, That's the most ridiculous. Every time, actually, keep an eye on them on Twitter and so on because obviously the work he's done with them. Um, other clubs, Fort William. Look at the boost Fort William have had through Loki Doki. And exactly, yeah. Even they're, though I had a very, very fantastic. small part to play in helping that happen, I'm still quite proud of it because that was a club, a great community mm. club that was genuinely at the wall of going bust. They were touch and go if they were going to make another Highland League season. And just purely mm-hmm. through Loki taking them on, doing the save, doing the fundraiser, they're suddenly in a great position again. To the point that this season are quite optimistic that they might not be bought with that league, which they have been pretty much constantly for, what, 10 years or so now? But they've got a wee bit of money in and suddenly there's a bit of buoyancy in the club. So it's little things like that. It just... It's such a powerful game. Raising profile as well. Um, so many football fans only really see the top leagues, the Premiership, you know, Champions League, etc. They don't see the absolutely glorious underbelly of football, which is you know lower league and non-league football. And it's, it's fantastic going to it. It's, you know, it's grassroots. It's it's people who you know everything, everything matters. They're not just there for the paycheck kind of thing. And and that the support of those those things yeah. is well, uh, is you vital. know me I'm a, a bit of a lower league warrior these days. Um, I will yes. defend it to the hilt, especially the league that I kind of follow and work with the uh, Lowlands League in Scotland. But mm. yeah, especially now when you've got teams at the top end of football who you cannot go and watch for less than sixty quid a ticket. It's got to a point where it's exactly. just not sustainable for a lot of people to do that, but. If you come down the ranks, you're still going to get an enjoyable game, even if it's not the world-class ability that you're going to get to see on a weekly basis. You're going to get commitment to the cause. It's guys that play for love of the game. I know that's a cliche, but it's true, because they're not paying for the money. (laughs) I can tell you that much. Um, (laughs) As much as you'd love an extra 50 quid a week, that's not the reason you're playing at that level. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's... I think it's actually a better quality of football than people give credit for as well. It's always improving, especially mm. up north. I'm in Scotland just now with the way things are developing, but the proper community clubs at that level, they can't do enough to encourage people to stay and do good things in their communities. That's what they exist for. Mm-hmm. And if without that, they go bust, they die. Exactly. So absolutely, if yep. there's one thing that I could encourage anyone to do or to take from any of the content I put out is get yourself a local club, show them support, show them love, and just get along every so often. That's exactly it. Well, all that, all that chat, all that knowledge and fun and opportunity from a little <laughs> old game like Football Manager. I mean, I, I think it's. I know we now we've mentioned already. We now live in a kind of a changing time for uh, video games and 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 the past. They can lead us down, but Football Manager has to be up there with one of them. One of the highest ones of, of not just you know direct football related things. You know, I've I've done this on Football Manager, so you should yep. employ me as your manager at your club. You know, it's it's the 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 things that can lead you down and the opportunities and yeah, things. It's, it's just fantastic, right? Okay, we have got one more piece now. This is a oh I've lost my mouse. This is a roulette. We have okay. a roulette now of questions, which uh, is going to be basically another little uh, another little question of a, a favourite game of some iteration of some ilk so um, I've got 10 on the list this may grow over time suggestions please pop suggestions in if you have any so I'm going to click this through 
And uh, you're going to answer a question that comes up from the top of my list. So are you ready? Let's go for it. Okay, so the question you've got is, as I spin through, is your favourite video game sidekick? Ooh. So from all your knowledge of video gaming, your favourite video game That's sidekick. That's a really tough question. It is a tough question. It's, it's one of the hardest ones. <laughs> I list. don't tend to play many games where you've got a sidekick, to be honest. Um, let me think. Okay. If we go down, let me. Th- if you go down the sidekick route, you could go right mm-hmm. all the way back to that Grand Theft Auto Vice City game. Lance Vance is your sidekick. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. You thought I could use a guardian angel? I'm just saying, you need to let me in there, my man. Now you can feed me all this lonely tough guy crap, but I know one day I'm gonna save your ass. And you're probably gonna want to kiss me, wacko. <laughs> Until the Lance turnaround Lance was amazing. at the very end. Yes. Spoiler alert! Sorry, it is um, over ten years yeah. old, though, folks. And <laughs> <laughs> the rest, jeez. I like to not say exactly how old it is, though, because it makes me feel a lot older now. Um, yeah, probably Lance Vance. I think that's a good one. But GTA, you, you've usually got some kind of like sidekick slash protagonist there. Um, even in the brand new ones, um, I quite like Franklin. Uh, in the the most recent Grand Theft Auto yep. game, um, San Andreas, you had big smoke. There was yeah, always big smoke was hilarious. Big smoke was just su- superb, and obviously, yeah, we won't we won't ruin that one either. No, but I, I, I think maybe maybe that's the beauty of of the best sidekick is the fact that you think they're there for you, and then you know the story spins itself on its head towards the end, and and it all goes. You know, pear shaped, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a what a great choice from that. But no, I, I think you look at look through the GTA games, and there are so many good little just ex, not even just psychics, but you know, extra characters, and you know, that that crop up here. Then the one I really liked was in it was in GTA Four. I want to say it was Bad the Gay Tony. There was the Iranian um, guy who was voiced by Ahmed Jalili. Yes, he was absolutely hilarious. I can't <laughs> think what his name was. His dad was some like shake who had loads of money. He was just this runaway son who was useless. But it was such a funny character. I cannot I remember, remember his name for the life of me, no. but I know who it is you're talking no. about. Yeah, but it's actually funny. <laughs> and also there, you've got in the GTA's more recent ones, you've got um, Laszlo, who um, obviously in GTA San Andreas was just a DJ on the radio. Yep. Or was it on? That might have been on Vice City. I could be misspeaking there. Um, but also he comes into the more recent ones as an actual playable character. But again, it's again the, the I think some in some games having a great psychic or you know other, other character adding to the thickness of that story really really works really makes it pop. Mm-hmm. And I think the other very clever thing the GTA writers were again miles ahead on and they nailed down was getting actual actors to play these parts. Yes. Um, yes. We're beginning to see that come in more and more because <coughs> you had <coughs> Kit Harrington in a game recently. Uh, you had I didn't that. obviously Keanu Reeves is now going to be in Cyberpunk. Yeah. So it seems to be a way they're they're going now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other ones that I've totally forgotten now as well. I'm thinking thinking off the top of my head. I remember playing um, Oblivion back in the day, and the king right at the start was voiced by Patrick Stewart. Which was just ridiculously cool. <laughs> With the, the you know the tone of his voice is amazing, and then um, GTA. 
I think it was San Andreas, you had James Woods was in it. He played the voice of kind of the the, the very kind of odd mafiary guy. Yeah. Uh, and you, know, <coughs> you like, also had was, um, Samuel L. Jackson as the police officer as well. Oh yes, he was as well, wasn't he? Wow. I mean this is obviously it's 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 big market. As we've mentioned a few times tonight. Right. Moza, that is. Thank you so much. That has been fantastic. Thank you for having uh, me again. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, th- thank you for uh, for jumping on and doing this first one for me. Um, mates, rates as always. <laughs> um, we have got time to do a few plugs. So if you'd like to plug away yourself, your wares, please feel free. The easy way to find me is Moza plays on Twitch or on Twitter. Simple as that. There we go. And so for those of you who don't know, Moza is a primarily a football manager streamer streams. Multiple times a week, three or four, two or three, sorry, two or three times a week, depending on how the wind blows. Um, fantastic streamer, very welcoming community. Um, if you drop in and see some of his content, you will not regret it. Trust me. Um, do you want to do any plugs for for BSC or anything like that? I guess you can follow, find all that through your Twitter account as well. Yeah, um, they're in my description on my Twitter, you so you can find them a easy one, enough. But uh, a one-stop shop. <laughs> it's at BSC Glasgow for anyone who wants to hunt them out, and you'll be able to find the link through their page as well. There we go, fantastic. So, yeah, all it leaves me to say then is uh, thank you to you, Moza. Thank you very much again. And uh, we'll be back again with another episode of this podcast. Uh, if you want to tweet me, my Twitter account is at MrTomox02. Um, again, like Moza, it's a one-stop shop. Most of my stuff comes through there. But that's it, and we will leave this podcast for another time. We'll be back again for another episode with another guest very, very soon. But I've been Tomox, and this is Operation GamePod, so take care of yourselves. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.